Welcome to Teachers Care Society, the podcast that talks about all news and development in the educational field. We have a good show for you today as I'm joined by Brianne Beebe, a high school teacher from New York, as we discuss bachelor lesson planning and all the benefits from it. So without further ado, let's jump right in. All right, welcome back. My first guest is Brianne Beebe. She's a high school math teacher from New York. She has her YouTube channel and blog called Busy Miss Beebe, where she shares weekly tutorials and tips on everything educational. So Brianne, thank you for being on the podcast. And first of all, how are you doing? How are you handling everything? Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. So I'm doing well. We are entering our eighth week in school. We've been 100% remote and we are looking to transition to hybrid at the end of November. So things are starting to feel almost normal. Oh, yeah. I mean, our, our school is not, they're not really prepared to return um, with a person or even just hybrid at least until January. And then January will be our halfway point. Um, so then fun fact, you said before becoming a teacher, you worked at a jewelry store and now I think you just describe yourself knowing way too much about diamonds with this skill set. I mean, have you helped friends or even couples pick out jewelry? Yes. When my best friend picked out a ring for his fiance, I had veto power. He picked out a good one, by the way, without <laughs> me having to help. He did well. <laughs> Now, from my understanding, you first had a love for art dating back to second grade. And then I guess a turn of events happened at this awards event in elementary school that made you want to become a math teacher. And you said that you would do mental math at night um, when you couldn't sleep and thinking about patterns and numbers. So why, why the love for math? So all along, I've had these telltale signs that I would end up being a math teacher. But from seventh grade until 12th grade, I actually really, really hated math. But I feel like I should have known that I was going to end up heading in that direction because of those things. In second grade, I got the Math Whiz Award. um, And I never really considered myself good at math at that point. Um, And then just other little things, like you said, I wouldn't be able to fall asleep and would be thinking about patterns and making up problems to do in my head when I was trying to fall asleep and I feel like I should have known all along that that would mean I should be a math teacher, but I didn't. Hmm. And then most, most interesting is that you said you taught yourself how to count to a hundred back between, I guess, kindergarten and between kindergarten and first grade. And after that summer, I mean, did you realize that how much of a genius you were or is this uh, was that the first domino in becoming a math teacher? I think that's just another one of those signs that I should have noticed, um, but I didn't. I don't remember <laughs> my parents having a reaction to that. Um, but the biggest misconception about math is that it's about numbers when it's not. It's actually about patterns. And that summer, I just figured out the base 10 number pattern that we're used to. Um, and then just kind of put more than two and two together. So you were even teaching your friends, uh, when you were younger and I mean, how was your (laughs) classroom management skills back then? Did you realize that working with younger or older kids, which one did you prefer? So when I was in national honor society, we had a tutoring program and we were asked to tutor math and no one volunteered. So since no one would do it, I said, okay, fine, I'll (laughs) do it. 
And that was when I realized that I actually was capable of teaching math. And that's really what got me started wanting to teach math in general. And also when I was in high school, I was in NJROTC and I was the second in command for two years. And I had my best friend who was the person that was like in charge, like she was number one. And what I noticed was that when it came to our leadership styles, I had a way with our peers and they were adolescents. And I realized that it's not something that comes easily to everyone. And that's when I kind of started to put together that, you know, I could teach math in high school because I am good with adolescents and I actually can teach math. And that's kind of when I started considering being a math teacher. And that wasn't until my senior year of high school. All right. That's, that's pretty cool. Wow. All right. So quite a journey. So let's jump right in. So batch lesson planning. So what is it? Well, let's start off with just lesson planning in general. So Quick review. So we have different kinds of lesson planning. You have daily lesson plannings, weekly unit, topic, subject, and I even considered e-lesson planning a separate topic of its own. But what on earth is batch lesson planning? Well, think of it as owning a restaurant and you have an order of catering in an unideal situation where you have to prepare all the food yourself. And say you have three different dishes that you need to complete for this big gathering. And you can imagine how daunting this task might be looking at it where you want to make all these three course meals by yourself. So you could approach it where you work on creating as many of these three dishes meals at once, all at once in one day. Um, but you can imagine going back and forth between three different meals or three different ingredients is it's just, you won't get that much done. But then if you look at the alternative where one day you focus only on prepping the first, first course meal and mass produce those meals. And then the following day, you only focus on the second course meal, mass producing that one as well. Third day, you focus on the third course meal again, mass producing as well. And maybe lastly on day four is you assembling, putting all those dishes and those meals together and day five you serve. So this is essentially batching, taking a big task and chunking it down to a smaller, more manageable task. Um, how did I do? I, I think I overgeneralized. You did good. So with batch lesson planning, it's a process for lesson planning. And it allows you to get ahead by working smarter and not harder. And I kind of, the analogy that I usually use is with meal prepping. So it's very similar. And when you're trying to prepare your meals for a whole week ahead, usually people would meal prep on Sundays. And the first step is gathering all the ingredients. And then you go through the chopping of the vegetables and different things. And then the foods that can be cooked together, you cook together, etc., and so on. And that's kind of the process you want to apply to your lesson planning is doing one task at a time, but for multiple days instead of trying to do them one day at a time. Yeah, that, I, I like that, uh, that analogy about the meal prep. And in a perfect world, teachers only work within their contracted hours, which um, if you are one of the lucky ones, please reach out to me. I would love to have you as an next guest, but most of us do work outside our contracted hours. And so when it comes to batching, I can, uh, you know, I start on Sunday and with me batching, starting the batching process for the week. So I know it's bad. I really shouldn't be working a Sunday night, but I just enjoy my Saturdays uh, too much. So now, unfortunately, not every teacher or educator gets prep time during the week, which is why batching is so important. 
And we've all seen that meme of the dog in the house where everything's on fire and then the little dialogue bubble says, you know, this is fine. Well, it's not. So let's break down, down all the benefits of batch lesson planning, um, especially for us teachers who have multiple responsibilities inside and outside the classroom. So the four categories are productivity. Actually, the three categories are productivity, energy, and focus. So let's start off with productivity. The, the concept of batching is meant to help us be more productive by focusing on one single task at a time, therefore allowing our brain to use all our cognitive power for this one specific task. And multitasking is a sought after skill that teachers really want. But in reality, it's more like multi switching because you're alternating between many different tasks at once. And our brains can't really focus on several tasks at once effectively, which is why we actually call it multi switching. So think of an image of a switchboard operator manually connecting the calls by inserting the phone plugs into the appropriate jacks. A person can only have you know, one phone conversation at a time. And, you know, it, I can't really have uh, two different conversations at the same time. And if I were to use the same analogy, you could have a switchboard operator trying to go back and forth with the, the phone jacks and you can see how ineffective in productivity that is. But think about maybe someone trying to have a conference call where you're combining two or multiple calls at once. And, you know, this only works if everyone's talking about the same topic. And this is how we want to be productive by batching, focusing on only one topic at a time. So this allows us to free up the brain, allowing for higher levels of you know, cognition. And we can reduce the likelihood of and the amount of errors we are completing by completing the same task. So if you're continually working on the same task and are you know, on a routine, you're like an athlete, you're practicing, 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 whether you're practicing your free throws or corner kicks or just practicing doing the same thing in this lesson plan. And you know, over time you get better with it and making you a more effective and better athlete. So with the repeated practice, it decreases the likelihood of making mistakes and also increases your productivity rate. So Brianne, before batching, how would you work on your lesson plans? Before batch lesson planning, it was frantic. Um, so like most teachers, I was planning day to day <laughs> because throughout college and our teacher preparation, we were being taught that we need to assess students every day. And that way we can cater our next lesson to their needs. But in reality, it's really much, much easier if we tweak a lesson that was already planned than it would be to have to create a whole lesson from scratch, like waiting till the end of the school day and going over all that assessment data and then deciding what to do. You've lost so much time already. And then that means you are spending the rest of your day preparing for the next day's lesson. So, um, I, uh, I use, uh, so I used to do day-to-day -day lesson planning and that was insane. I'm never going back to that again. Um, and so you know, batching has been a big, big turnover and not only to productivity, but you know, the second part of batching that I want to focus on is on energy. So 
Look, we both know that multi-switching is exhausting, you know, trying to juggle many tasks at once. You know, teachers are constantly doing this. And if we look at the statistics for teacher burnout that we know, like roughly between 40 to 50 percent of teachers leave the profession within the first five years of teaching. And keep in mind, these numbers are probably going to increase ever since the COVID-19 pandemic started. And we got to think of better ways for to preserve energy and it's important to know that teacher burnout doesn't only impact new teachers, but also experienced teachers as well. Whatever grade you may teach, uh, whether, you know, even you teach whatever subject as well, whether you teach special ed, gen ed, first grade, high school. And so we want to preserve our energy and with multi-switching takes a lot of energy switching back and forth and constantly drains energy. But with batching, I mean, I do not recommend working on the same task nonstop for several hours. Um, you know, on the contrary, I recommend shortening these task blocks to no more than maybe 90 minutes. And I say this because, you know, it's, it's found that our energy rises and falls, you know, in approximately 90 minute cycles throughout the day. And we see this connection all the time in teaching when we have kids through kinesthetic learning by getting them out of their seat and through some think pair share activities. Even in distance learning. So I live in my Google meet instructions to no more than 20 minutes. Cause that's all my kiddos can handle. And I have lots of breaks in between. Um, side note, I teach TK one. And so with batching, you know, you're consuming less energy and causing less mental fatigue because we're using the same areas of the brain. And with batch lesson planning, one of the final steps I have is having all the materials prep for the first batch of tasks for lesson planning. So by having all the materials ready, this increases the productivity and you know, reduces my energy consumption, trying to go back and forth, trying to find the materials, trying to find where everything's at. I have everything ready and it is good to go. And even if we look at the energy level, we have the high and low energy type of task. Um, you know, in my practice, it's, you know, it's, it's best to pair two in one day of batching because if you do like nonstop high energy brain work, like problem solving and decision making, then, uh, you know, my energy will drain out pretty fast. And I like to complement high energy brain work with low energy, uh, work like organizing files, answering emails, scheduling, you know, stuff that doesn't take too much energy from me. So then when it comes to batch lesson planning and tasks, um, together, I mean, what do you think takes up more energy? I don't think I think of energy in quite the same way. Um, there's a question that we'll get to where I think I'll be able to address this a little bit better. But in comparison with before and after batch lesson planning, before I was putting together notes and practice examples, activities, worksheets and the slides all in one day and then times three for the three different courses. But with batch lesson planning, I do all of the notes for all three classes, then all the practice activities, then the homework, worksheets, then the assessments, answer keys, copies, and then I do the slides last. So my batch lesson planning process is very sequential. So while I understand that certain tasks are going to require a different kind of energy because I'm going in a sequence, I don't really take that into consideration in quite the same way as you're describing. Okay. All right. So, all right. That's, yeah, that makes sense. So sequential. Yeah. All right. I like that. I mean, 
I think I should probably give that a try as well. Um, and then do you do anything special? Say if you're starting to get exhausted with you know, your lesson planning, do you go into, I don't know, kind of like a phone or a device goes into battery saving mode. Um, if you're getting pretty drained, do you just keep pushing through it or, you know, all right, it's time to take a break. So if I need to stop, like, and I need a break, then I stop. But usually I am actually more motivated by, I only have this a little bit more to do and I have this much time to do it in. And I usually power through it, which is not always the best thing to do, but for whatever reason that motivates me (laughs) and I end up getting it done. Have you, have you noticed certain times of the day where you feel like you're the most productive or is there a time of the day? Like, all right, this is my block time where I'm going to get all this stuff done. Yes. And that's where I really look at how my energy levels are. So I'm a morning person. And so when I plan my day, I try to make it so that the tasks that I'm completing for my batch lesson planning are happening early, as early as possible. And then I try to reserve the more menial tasks for the afternoon. And that's usually when I'm like dragging. So I try to get it all done in the morning and then I may be finishing up stuff in the afternoon, but most likely I'm doing the stuff that I need to get done in the afternoon where I'm running around the school or answering emails or what have you. And for those who are thinking about trying uh, batch lesson planning, when you first start out, I would definitely say the key thing is being flexible because you might think, all right, I'm a morning person. I'm going to have all this energy to get everything done in the morning. But it just, you might find out like, oh, wow, this is exhausting. And maybe I'm not a morning person to get all this batch lesson planning. And so you, you need to be flexible. You need to make these adjustments. And I mean, for you, how is it, how important is it for you to be flexible with batch lesson planning? Do you allow yourself a lot of wiggle room or do you just uh, power through it? Flexibility is crucial because we are constantly getting interrupted. There's assemblies. The weirdest thing that would throw me off when I started batch lesson planning was snow days because while I basically was able to take my plans and just move them over to the next day, that snow day, I would not spend working on anything. And that actually would put me behind, which is kind of strange. But being flexible is so important. And the last thing that I want to do is have to worry about any lesson planning tasks tasks over the weekend. But if I have to, I have to. And if I had a task that I needed to complete over the weekend, but it didn't happen because I was enjoying life instead, that's fine because on Monday, I can just move those tasks over. And eventually I always find a way to get caught up to where I want it to be. Okay. Yeah. I like, uh, well, I, I understand what you mean. Sometimes for me, the thing that throws me off is early dismissal days. I know it's supposed to be a blessing and that I have more time to, to plan, but every now and then it, it does throw me off. And the last aspect of batch lesson planning that I do want to focus on is focus. So this ties in with only focusing on one task. So you're essentially turning everything else that you know doesn't need to be done. So I, I need to stress that we need to get rid of constant distractions and setting up a routine that allows you to be a, uh, an effective you know, lesson planner. And in business, batching is supposed to save costs by reducing the setup and switching costs, um, you know, kind of like uh, mass printing. You have all the letters out, all the block letters out ready to print and do it as much as you can. And so it's supposed to reduce those costs. And 
you know, you can think of lesson planning as, you know, filing a big shipment order where batching is supposed to let you focus only on the tasks. Um, again, less often for longer periods. And again, I would say no more than 90 minute intervals because your energy will go up and down and you can't really focus for a long amount of periods. And we need to replenish that energy for the next 90 minute intervals um, or the next batching that we do. So Rian, do you have a routine that you do to make sure you focus on batching? Um, is there a special place either at home or at school that's all free of distractions? So when I'm trying to get into work mode, I try to put my phone on do not disturb. Um, my favorite thing is to have music. For some reason, if music's on, it helps me focus so much more. And it's not even that I'm listening to the music. I think it has more to do with canceling out anything else that I might be hearing from my surroundings. Um, and then as far as limiting distractions in my classroom, I have my desk way in the back corner. And so I close my door. I turn off my lights. I make it look like I'm not there. <laughs> so that no one will disturb me. And I just try to <laughs> get into my groove. Oh, that's funny. I think, uh, I've, I have some teacher friends who put like a do not disturb sign, um, outside their classroom and even something similar like you where they turn off all the lights. <laughs> um, have you taught your students how to do batching for, for their task? And if you have, have you seen any success? I actually haven't. I think it's a little bit different with students because the work that they have, like, and I'm just thinking about their academic work, they're receiving it from us. They don't really get the chance to plan ahead the same way that we do. Like they don't really know what's coming. It just kind of gets thrown at them. So I've talked with them about time management and different tactics to help them with completing their work, but I have not addressed batching with them. Okay. I, I sort of recently started introducing batching. I would let, I would send out flyers and and announcements out to the family and letting them know like this is what we're going to work on for the uh, for the week and kind of let's families prep in that term so like oh let me gather all the art materials for you know for the week or let me gather all the math materials for the week um and it's too early to tell so i mean i just tried it last week and uh, i would say it was a so-so success rate and then um let's see so do you have any reserves when switching to batch lesson planning? I mean, when you first started off, did it seem like a lot of work to do all at once? I believe when I started batch lesson planning for the very first time, it was planning for a shorter week. It might've been like right before Thanksgiving break. That's the only one I can think of. We have like a two day week and I had that planning done ahead of time. So I think that's where I started and it took time to where I was able to get all of my lesson plans done one full week in advance. But little by little, I was able to get there. So I was like one day ahead, then I was able to get two days ahead and then three until I was able to work up to the full week. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand it can definitely be daunting for, for people not used to this or even just thinking about trying this, but yeah, like you said, well, in the long term, it definitely helps out. And Brianne, before we wrap this episode up, is there any advice that you would give to new incoming teachers or those even just thinking about entering the educational field? Try to get organized and practice good habits for productivity right away so that you are ready, as ready as you can be. And just know that you're going to make changes and that's okay. You're totally allowed to change and your students will follow along with you in those changes because they are flexible as well. 
All right. I want to say thank you so much to our guest, Brianne Beebe. Thank you for stopping by today. Thank you for sharing all your knowledge about batch lesson planning. And I want to say thank you to all the listeners. See you next time. <laughs>